You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad, and this week we are featuring the Hot Docs Festival that is happening, and I won't say in Toronto, where it would normally happen, it is happening in Ontario, because it is happening in a virtual sense, and it will be getting underway later this week, and running officially until early June, but the films will be available virtually until towards the end of June, and there are three uh, films in there that are coming across the Atlantic from the island of Ireland, and we're featuring the three films again in this show and I have Dermot Lavery on the line and or he's here in studio actually uh, with me and Dermot is going to talk about Lost Lives and uh, Lost Lives is it's inspired by the book of the same name and it records the circumstances of every man woman and child who died in the conflict in Northern Ireland troubles and a reminder that war is still hell. Dermot thanks a million for coming along. Lovely to meet you, Austin. Thanks very much for inviting me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, when I was looking at this and just trying to get my head around it, because there was something like 3,700 people died over the, the period of the Troubles. And what you're working on here, what you've done is you've featured the lost lives. 3,700, first of all, is an horrendous number. <coughs> and the challenge of how to represent that in a... Uh, 80 to 90 minutes documentary must have been a tremendous challenge it was a tremendous challenge I mean the, the, the book itself uh, was an inspiration for us and has been an inspiration uh, you know for, for uh, quite a few years um, and we know the authors of the book uh, David McKittrick, Seamus Calder, Brian Feeney Chris Thornton, David McVeigh we know them very well and we collaborated with them on, on our film which I suppose is a is a, a sort of response to the book. I mean, the, the film is 90 minutes long, can never be an exhaustive uh, listing of all the deaths and their circumstances and the troubles in the way that the book is. Mm-hmm. So, but, but it tries to continue in the spirit of the book. Um, it, you know, uses the same title, of course, Lost Lives. You know, and there's there's a philosophy that that, that grows from even that title alone. That uh, that that uh, you know the troubles and grief. Uh, grief is the great leveler in the in the troubles, and that all lives lost by definition are lost lives, no matter what their mm-hmm. those deaths, you know, or how they might have died. And I guess what that is saying, in a way, you know, we hear this phrase regularly uh, in the news about uh, someone was an innocent bystander. But on a lost life, a lost life is, there's no guilty in a lost life. No, indeed. And a lot of it is to do with where we are in our uh, in our reconciliation process, our peace process. You know, how uh, language and how we address the past is, is very important now. Um, one of the great assets of the book is that uh, the authors, when they were putting together, they took great care over over the language mm-hmm. um, and you know with a bit of time and distance now um, you know it allows us to kind of move forward and try and reassess uh, the reasons for the conflict the different points of view in the conflict you know what we must now learn from the conflict um, and how we move it on to the next phases we still haven't quite learned how to how to get on and run our part of the world successfully we were up until last year uh, and around the time the Brexit uh, situation was 
um, uh, around us all. Um, we had actually lost our, our government for a year because of, you know, for a variety of reasons, of disagreements in government, we couldn't govern ourselves. A lot of that has to do with kind of post-conflict tensions, you know. Our, ho- our hope is that we can kind of move beyond that now, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, and maybe even this, this current period that we're in now, the, the hunkering down um, because of the coronavirus, we're actually discovering that we can, uh, you know, we can find common cause again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, the coronavirus doesn't matter whether you're on the Shankill or the Sandy Road. No, indeed, indeed, and uh, it's actually it's it's been a it's been a quite an inspiration to see how um, how our government has been performing here on the island of Ireland. It seems we're doing quite well mm-hmm. against the great enemy, the the, the coronavirus. Um, similar kind of outcomes north and south. So that's uh, that's encouraging, and, and I suppose is one little kind of hopeful ray in the middle of all this darkness. Right. So. The format that you uh, chose to do to represent the lost lives, you have narrators in the form of um, Liam Neeson, Kenneth uh, Brenner, uh, Roma Downey, uh, Mark McCann and others. Um, how, from a thought process and a direction process, how did you decide to go the route you went? and to, to um, When you start to uh, I guess um, blue sky or whiteboard or whatever, um, and say how am I going to approach this? What was the the process that you guys went through? Well, as you can imagine, that it, uh, it was it was quite a challenge. The basis, the book itself. Uh, whenever people see the film, they'll see if they don't know the book themselves, they'll see it's a it's a it's a very substantial uh, book. Um, you know, some sixteen hundred pages. Um, it sort of looks like the Bible, so it was a challenge for us just to see how we were going to address this. So my, my colleague and co-director, Michael Hewitt, we, we took time out of the office and read the book from cover to cover, and from that made a, n- a number of selections, a number of readings. Um, for a variety of reasons, we, we made our choices, um, and that they might become representative of the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that was an important process. We, you know, that had to be care, great care, had to be taken over balance and point of view and so on. But in doing that, what, what we were looking for, I suppose, is how the voices from the past might reach, reach you know, forward to us, to, to kind of speak to us from the past. So we were looking for quotations from families. We were looking for letters that were written. We were looking for, um, in, in some very, uh, in very, um, emotional kind of uh, examples, you know, people who had written suicide letters, you know. So so, so we tried to bring some humanity to it, you know, um, because, you know, it's the humanity that's in the detail of Lost Lives, the book, and that's what we've been searching for. And where we could find that, that's what we ask our actors and our wonderful cast um, to, uh, to record for us and bring back to life. Mm-hmm. You mentioned... Like, we're in a time at the moment, and the same applies around the world, where uh, the COVID-19 knows no barriers. But in putting this project out there, do you think, has it, have you seen that it has helped in any way minimize or reduce some of the existing barriers, and has it helped in any way rebuild from the feedback that you're getting some of the 
trust relationships that are so important in society? Uh, we had screenings in London and Dublin and Cork and Derry. Um, and in a lot of those situations, we had Q&As and people talking from the audiences, you know, who might have lost people in the, in the troubles, you know. And, and we were very inspired by what people had taken from the film uh, and, and that the thing happened the thing didn't happen that we most feared was that the film in some way would stir up old enmities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't happened. People have, has, have responded and received the, uh, the film in, in the spirit that we hoped that it, was, that, we, that it might be part of a process for us to kind of move forward uh, in reconciliation into the future. So that's been a great inspiration for us because that was a great anxiety for us that, that it wouldn't land in that way uh, in the final analysis. So, you mentioned earlier the issue with Brexit, and Brexit in itself is quite divisive um, and has been among the communities within Northern Ireland. Uh, do you think that, or have you seen um, that what gains may have been made through reconciliation, through the work you were doing and others, has in some way been inhibited, or if there's been a backward step? Uh, in the division in the community over Brexit? Well, there's no doubt that Brexit was, uh, you know, a challenging process and, and did, um, you know, and did open up some old cracks and some old uh, wounds and, you know, uh, the full flowering that was just about to happen because Brexit hadn't fully happened whenever the coronavirus struck. Mm-hmm. So, Ironically, ironically, the you know what we're going through now and are pulling together as a society might, in some way, neutralise the worst of those possibilities. So you know, let's 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 just wait for now. A lot of us are encouraged by what you know the the nature of our response to this crisis at the moment. And this crisis is so much bigger than anything we ever. You know, we thought Brexit was bad. We thought, you know we thought that was an unbelievable outcome. Uh, having got through 30 years of the conflict, our peace process, the establishment of our devolved government, um, you know, we're all moving forward. You know, the, the Republic was doing well again. You know, after the after the crisis of the, the, uh, the in the economy, um, you know, a decade ago, and uh, and suddenly Brexit Brexit landed on us to kind of uh, you know drag us back. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I. I I'm hopeful that, you know, when we get out of this crisis, you know, that that might be kind of put in the context for what it is. We just have to find a way through it. Right. If, if we can agree to disagree and, and find, a, find a way to, uh, to, to, to run our own kind of uh, little small part of the world, then I think we'll, we'll be fine. So uh, we chatted briefly there about how the, uh, this brought people together uh, in, in one sense in the north. It has been screened in the north? It has, yes. It, uh, it, it was first um, premiered at the London Film Festival last October. It then, it then had a cinema release within the UK and Ireland. It screened in Dublin and the Cork Film Festival and uh, uh, the Foyle Film Festival, and we screened it uh, in, in Belfast. And in fact, it was screened in the Dáil in the, the uh, in our par- in the Parliament in, in Dublin mm-hmm. uh, to um, a gathering of, of uh, TDs and senators and you know, we were delighted with the response there and there were, there were plans actually for further screenings in Stormont and in Westminster just to, just to be part of a conversation I suppose because the conversation had become somewhat poisoned again because of Brexit 
the relationship between the Irish and the, and the, the, um, and the uh, between the Republic of Ireland and and the UK between Northern Ireland and the Republic had become a little poisoned, you know, because mm-hmm. of the Brexit process. You know, we were only too pleased to have an opportunity to remind people of what we had gone through uh, for 30 years here, and there was a very deep well of of, uh, of grief that. Um, that still hadn't been processed yet, you know, and the people were just a little bit cavalier during the Brexit process, you know, uh, and threatening, you know, the, uh, you know, the advances we had made coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious in that environment when something is put in front of different audiences who have different perspectives on so many things, the reaction. So that when you say it was screened in Belfast or in Cork or in London, um, three very different perspectives on life and and the doll. The feedback you got from those different geographies or demographics, was there a noticeable difference in how it was received or areas within the documentary that were zoned in on by the different geographies? Well, only, a, only a difference in intensity of response. Um, we were very pleased to, to feel that everybody responded, but the intensity come from the people in the audience who had been through it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going to apply in London, mm-hmm. but, but our, our great, it was, it, it, you know, we were hugely pleased, and, and that's why we are very encouraged by the the possibilities around screenings and the likes of hot dogs in Toronto and in other places that we plan, like Sarajevo or the Middle East, or you know, the, where there's a universality that comes from our story, our story of the troubles and how, uh, how they began and raged uh, and, the, and then ended and, and, and allowed us to kind of move forward. That there's there's a message from all of that that all our that, that people in other places can benefit from, mm-hmm. can take an example from. Um, and you know that, that we think that this is a universal story we're by no means unique you know the reasons for our conflict in Northern Ireland were by no means unique no, no. Uh, and, and you know that there are lessons to be learned in all, in all our places and we would, we would hope lost lives can be received in that way hence you know in the making of the films for those people who see it you know they'll find that it's it's a uh, we hope that it's a film that, that sidesteps their preconceptions or expectations. There's some very beautiful imagery in it, um, some very beautiful music. Uh, we had a specially composed um, soundtrack performed by the Ulso Orchestra. We have a cast of actors, you know, from, from all over Ireland, you know, uh, of the highest level, you know, our greatest talent, you know, who stepped forward you know, without a hesitation to kind of play their part in this, you know. So, um, you know, we think that people will engage with this and we're, we're absolutely delighted that it's getting a run in Toronto because whenever the, whenever the coronavirus hit, we were hugely disappointed. But the great, the great thing, of course, is that it's, uh, it's going to be an experience for those people, those supporters of hot dogs, you know, that, that allow them to kind of see the films in a different way and see them over a longer period of time across the whole of Ontario, which is, which is just brilliant. You know, people can come to this and choose, you know, instead of arriving at a preordained kind of time for a screening in a cinema, they can kind of view this, you know, at, at their own leisure, you know, in, in, in their own way. Um, and they can stop it and pause it and 
talk about it and go back to it and, and, and rewatch it if, uh, if that's what they're like. But so, so those are the assets, those are the upsides to the downsides of not being there for a kind of physical festival itself. Agreed, indeed, and we, we heard from Alan Black um, earlier on in the, in the show how he identified the technology, as you say, it's not just Toronto, it's all of Ontario, and there's a whole variety of packages available that means somebody can watch it, uh, a bit like on an airplane, you go through and you can choose the time or the one you want to watch and um, when you want to watch it, and as you say, pause it and pick it up and go back to it, which is fantastic. And again, the details on that are on hotdocs.ca. During the current scenario, uh, the challenges you must be up against, because work must have come to a standstill on whatever you were working on at the moment as well, or were you at post-production, or during a production process of existing work, or are you confined and on, on, what would it be, uh, on hiatus at the moment? We are, we are, but I suppose, you know, with all these things, you know, you've got to turn that into an asset, you know, we're doing a lot of what we call the business development, Okay. <laughs> which is discussing ideas, pitching ideas, you know, talking to broadcasters, kind of, you know, um, building propositions, you know, before they're, you know, getting to get them to a position where they, they might be able to move forward after we come out of our bunker. Um, you know, there's nothing much we can do about it. We're we're the same as millions of people all over the world. You know, we're 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 in no way different. Um, there's no there's no doubt the film industry and uh, the television industry, you know, struggles with social distancing. That's yeah. for sure. But there are many industries that struggle with that. We've just got to find a way forward through it. The, the one great encouragement for us is that people get a lot of sustenance from. From media, from from drama, from television, from documentaries like like ours, you know they can they can watch, you know people in in uh, Ontario can can watch Lost Lives from the comfort of their home, right. uh, hunkered down, you know because of the coronavirus. So so that's that's a great feeling for us. Uh, and you know, you're you're, um, you're into home delivery. Um, uh, you just run away. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, people can click and 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 watch, and uh, so the um, uh, to wrap up, Dermot. Then um, you w- you w- I hope I w- I would imagine you and Michael were going to plan on coming over, and that's one of the other things that you're not able to do because things like hot dogs are important where you meet with other people in the industry, and it gives you the opportunity to do marketing and business development that's now going to have to change within the industry I suppose also yeah no but we would hope to return to that you know next year and subsequent years you know hot dogs on Toronto is just one of those wonderful events that we love to go to we love the city of Toronto we love the people of Toronto but there's also hot dogs is a special event you know there's a great um there's a great um, energy around hot dogs, you know, uh, when you get so many um, producers of the kind of things that we do in the one place. And no doubt there are, there's compet- a competitive element to it, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you, you do get to share a uh, common cause with people. And, you know, it's it's not easy to make the, the things that we make. Uh, and so it's, it's nice to share that pain, you know, over a pint of Guinness in the bar of an evening you know, after you've competed for a slot during the day. I know. So we're going to wrap up, Dermot. I'm thrilled you were able to come and have a chat. It's been a real pleasure meeting you and talking with you. And uh, I hope that the movie reaches a far wider audience and that you get the feedback uh, from it also. And again, the website is hotdocs.ca. 
and you can get all the details on the various packages there and we've been chatting with Dermot Lavery and the movie in question is Lost Lives Thank you, Austin, for a pleasure